Hi, welcome to the PAPSC podcast. I'm Becky Schultz and I use they, them pronouns. And hi, I'm Dave Measle and I use he, him pronouns. Uh, we are super excited to welcome you back to the podcast. Um, this is our second podcast and uh, we're going to be discussing a very specific topic, a, a timely and important topic though. Um, and it is the topic of uh, pronouns and respecting individuals' pronouns. Um, Becky pointed out at the end of our first podcast, their pronouns were not respected. And, and I was a culprit in, in that. And uh, Becky and I have talked about this a uh, number of times uh, privately. Um, and I've shared with her that, you know, on a conscious level, I do my very best to respect uh, the pronouns that people want used. But on a subconscious level, I slip into bad habits uh, that have been formed over the past 40 years uh, very easily. And, and I feel bad when that happens and I try to correct them when I catch myself, but I don't always catch myself. So um, we, we wanted to address this topic openly in this podcast. Um, and so uh, we have Corinne Brown here with us today as our guest. And uh, I'm gonna let Corinne introduce Herself or them? Uh, what pronouns do you use, Corinne? <laughs> so I guess that's pretty interesting. Um, my name is Corinne Brown. I'm a certified peer specialist. Um, I am, I guess it would be termed like pronoun apathetic or indifferent. Okay. Can you explain what that means? <laughs> I, I don't, for me, I guess when it comes to pronouns for myself, I I don't want to say like, I don't care because obviously I care how people refer to me, but I feel that gender is kind of, it's like socially constructed. <laughs> so in a sense, it's like falling into, into that. Sure. Sure. And I, I think this is a really interesting topic and I'm, I'm glad that you can be with us today, Corinne. Um, you know, I think I'm the oldest one on this podcast. And, uh, you know, certainly when I was growing up there, I was raised with kind of all the, the very traditional boys, girls, he, him, her, his, you know, all of that. Um, and even though I am a member of the LGBT community, um, I usually joke that I'm a bad gay uh, because, you know, I still have some kind of older traditional views on, on you know, in that field as well. Um, so I think this is going to be a really interesting discussion today. Um, I do have a question kind of to start the conversation going, uh, Becky is, is, um, is going to be sharing as much, I think, as Corinne, and I'm going to be asking questions of both of them because I, this is an, a topic or an area that I'm really interested in and, and, uh, interested in trying to make changes in my own, uh, vocabulary as well. But uh, to Becky, um, can you explain the importance of people using the correct pronouns for you? Yeah, um, so I wanna start off by saying I didn't start using my pronouns. Like I wasn't out about my pronouns until like a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, so I, since I've come out with my pronouns and wanted to have them respected, um, it's been really important for me as part of my identity as non-binary. Um, basically, I just uh, believe that I don't fall within the categories of male or female. I've considered in the past being a trans male, um, non-surgical, and I decided that wasn't really what fit me, but being non-binary did. So I, yeah, I think for me, hearing my pronouns respected makes me feel like I can be seen, like I am legitimately who I am um, and people aren't assuming things about me based on my assigned gender at birth. So Corinne, can you maybe talk a little bit more about uh, about your perspective? Well, it's interesting because I I relate with a lot, a lot of things that Becky shared. Um, like when I was very young, because of the way that I wanted to present myself and the way that society reflects that as being like masculine, 
I thought that when I was a young child, like I had to be a boy. <laughs> and so I, I was like, well, okay. So trying to understand myself as a human being, unfortunately, it's like society um, classifies that for us. And it wasn't for like a really long time until I became comfortable with my femininity. And when I, when I'm a little bit older as, as well, Dave, so like having, having the ability to speak for yourself, well, it it wasn't really an, an option, uh, when I was younger. And that's something that we've grown to do in our society to really respect uh, people and their individuality, which I think is extremely important in, in a lot of ways, because I am indifferent about my pronouns. And what I mean by that is, um, because of the way I physically present, sometimes people refer to me as male or they'll say female, or they'll ask me. And I'm, I just say that I'm okay with whatever pronoun that they use. And in one sense, like that's a privilege for me because there's a lot of people that, um, fight to be uh, addressed and seen for who they are. So I understand that as, as well. Yeah, that's an interesting concept, you know, because, uh, you know, Becky, Becky, you've made it very clear what your pronouns are. And I almost said what your preferred pronouns are. And, and I think that's just as disrespectful as, uh, as using the wrong pronouns, um, because they're not preferred. They are what your pronouns are. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, you've, you're very clear on what your pronouns are. And, and I appreciate how um, forward you are in, in, in advocating for yourself and in being recognized. Um, so that's an interesting concept that, uh, Corinne, that you were addressing, uh, that, uh, that, yeah, you don't, you kind of don't have to to advocate in the same sense because you're a little more open, not open. That's not a fair word either. You're, I liked what you said. You're uh, what was the phrase you used? Pronoun. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, I guess it, indifferent or apathetic when it started coming out about pronouns and we started sharing our names and then sharing our pronouns. I attended a training uh, for a couple of days and that's how they started off. It was the first time that had happened and I, I didn't know. <laughs> And so I had to kind of ask myself, you know, like, well, how do I feel? And I don't think that it's, I'm unsure. I just think that because I can be very fluid, like how I feel is very Mm -hmm. fluid and who I am can be very fluid, that it doesn't matter necessarily like how I physically present, that I don't necessarily want to assign myself, even though I, I could I don't necessarily want to assign myself to one specific use of pronoun, I guess. Sure. So Becky, can you maybe share some of your journey of, you, you said you just started using your pronouns uh, is kind of when you came to the realization or, or um, the point of, of being open about these are what my pronouns are. Um, can you share kind of how, how that happened and in what you were doing prior to a year ago? And so I had, I had considered, well, first of all, let me start by saying I have referred to myself in gender neutral ways for a long time. Like in my notes as a CPS, I was very freed to be able to say CPS did this, this, and this, because it wasn't gendered. And that felt really good to like write notes that way. Um, And I think that's when I like started to consider that I might be non-binary. So that was like 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Um, And I had learned about being non-binary in college Uh, in like 2013, I took women and gender studies and actually learned about androgyny and like that concept and it really identified with it so um I did have a situation where at a previous job another supervisor had um asked me if we could do a training where we asked people their pronouns at the beginning and I was like totally against the idea because I didn't want to have to come out with my pronouns then 
um, because I didn't feel it was like a really super safe space for me to be myself. Um, and I think that that's why when I just used those pronouns in my bio of myself, uh, Keith actually was the first one to notice and be like, are you non-binary? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, and I've been like out on Facebook as non-binary for years. Um, but I just didn't enforce the use of my pronouns because it wasn't as important to me then to, I guess, be seen for myself. I was more comfortable just existing in like a, like a, um, what's the word? Like a covering type of scenario. Like it was easier for me to just not be myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, you mentioned Keith. Keith Elders is our uh, grant and project coordinator at the Pennsylvania Peer Support Coalition. Um, and he has a stepchild who is uh, uses they, them uh, pronouns. I believe his stepchild is non-binary, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I know when talking to Keith, um, you know, he he struggled. He had he had a similar struggle to me when uh, when he first started seeing his now wife, um, you know, with the stepchild, uh, he, he struggled with those pronouns. Um, now I think Keith has, has far surpassed me and gotten much better at, it, uh, at, at being respectful and, and using proper pronouns, but, uh, he is, he's, it's part of his normal everyday life or part of his everyday life. Um, and, uh, so I, I kind of, I, I look to him as, as a role model of where I want to get to. Uh, with my own usage of language. Um, I don't know. Have I gotten better, Becky? Am I putting you on the spot if I ask you that? Yeah, I think I think you definitely have been able to say it more, uh, especially when we're in more communication. I think in meetings, I definitely hear it more, like my proper pronouns being used. Yeah. And I, I mean, to that. be fair, it's not like everybody in my life like is able to do that, even though they're immersed in it. And I say sometimes like, hey, it's they. Um, it, it doesn't stick easily, especially since I present still as AFAB. Like I, I, my assigned gender at birth is female. So I still look pretty female and dress pretty female. Um, and you don't have to dress differently to be non-binary. Like that's an important thing to mention in this uh, podcast is just, it's, it's okay to be non-binary and look like you're assigned gender at birth. And some people just are not as accepting of that. Like, because even being non-binary is kind of a newer concept to people, even though it's existed for like thousands of years um, in other cultures, we don't really pay as much attention to it or haven't in the past. So now that it's kind of on the forefront of people's minds because it's being discussed so often um, and in the media, especially, um, I think people are, are starting to get used to that. And um, it just is gonna take a while for people to, to actually be able to say them when they want to. I think it's, I think it's always difficult to make an adjustment that like you said, you've been used to saying something for 40 years and then somebody asks you to say something different. It's like, you can't change that overnight, so. You know, I, I was actually thinking about this. I clearly remember when I was a child referring to individuals as, as them and being corrected for that. Um, and being like, well, no, them is plural. You, you know, if you're referring to an individual, it has to be he or her. And I, I distinctly remember that. Um, and that's one of the reasons I've asked you, Becky, when I, when I do mess up mm -hmm. to correct me on the spot, because that's one of the best ways that I learn is when someone corrects me on something that I've, I've messed up. Um, because I, I don't like being wrong. <laughs> Um, and so when I'm corrected, that's, that's like one of the, it's like a, a trigger in my brain. It's like, Oh, you know, yeah, I need to, I need to fix that. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because yeah, we were taught, I, I remember being taught that they, them was not a, a singular, uh, were not singular words that they were plural words. And, and that's actually not even true. I mean, if you look it up yeah. in the dictionary, um, 
you know, it, it says that they, them can be singular. It's just kind of what we were taught all these years. Yeah. It was, it's interesting because I um, attended like an online symposium and Sandra Bloom opened up and it was about um, pronouns and gender and working with um, youth. And she said from the research that she did, uh, she shared that the way, I think it's by like the age of two years old, children know their gender because of the way that people refer to them and other people around. That's how they make associations. And I found that really interesting. And especially in what you're sharing, Dave, is because like if no one did correct you and if we all used they, them, like how would that be? Like, I feel like in a sense, because I'm kind of like in this, not against pronouns, but against the separation between people and the way that our society kind of works in regards to gender and race and all those other aspects, because we're, it's always like being like separated and classified to distinguish people who they are and what is okay and not okay in relation to different cultures. Yeah, yeah and that brings up another interesting point. Um, I was talking about stigma. I did a presentation on stigma a few months ago. And, uh, you know, one of the things I talked about with stigma is that it's human nature to classify things and to put things into, into classifications. Um, we do it with everything. You know, it's not just ourselves, but, you know, nature, the world around us, we classify everything. And that's kind of how we make order uh, of our lives. Um, in my point at that time, you know, when I was talking about stigma was that, you know, classification in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. Um, it's when we start to put, uh, you know, value judgments on the classifications of, you know, this is, this classification is better than that classification, you know, uh, that we start to run into problems. And that's when stigma is born. In, in terms of, of pronouns and you know using these as you know as a as a for this as a form of classification um it 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 really baffles me why people get so defensive about it you know there are people out there who absolutely refuse to use they them pronouns or any of the newer uh uh pronouns like z and in what are they i don't know all i'll admit um but there are people who flat out refuse to use those. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? On those people who are, who push back on it? Well, I just want to say real quick, something that uh, works when you explain they, them pronouns is if you don't know the gender of somebody, you do use they like in any scenario, like regardless, lots of people when they're speaking, maybe not when you're writing, but when you're speaking, people use they all the time for singular people they don't know well. Um, so I think that's kind of an easy way to get people to get over that hurdle of like the plural versus not plural type of argument. But I, it sounded like, or it looked like Corinne might have something to say too about this. <laughs> I think from what I have read is that as human beings, we classify things based off of safety measures, like what's safe and what's not safe. And so like, if we have never encountered something before, we have caution. I think that's like in our like human biology. Um, but in regards to classification, who gets to say is what? So in a sense, it's like male and female. So like when I was growing up, it was your male or female, there was no room for, for anyone else in regards to gender. And I'm not talking about like someone's sex. I'm talking about someone's gender. And so it's interesting because it's not inclusive. And so now that people are saying like, hey, like that doesn't include me. And this is how I, this is who I am. This is this is my gender identity. Like, I don't think that people are comfortable when something is opened up and and in a way they see it as like, it's not what it's intended for, I believe. That's not correct. It's not right. I feel like that's the way that they see it instead of saying, well, hey, well, 
who actually um, classified this and stated this and that these were the only two words that we could utilize. And that's where I think um, it, it gets interesting. And I think that's why there's some pushback with people in regards to something that's new. And you can kind of compare that to the recovery model, like, or anything that's different and how we evolve as human beings. Yeah. I think a similar, um, like if I could make a, an analogy, it's like how people, some people see like drug and alcohol as completely separate from mental health. And some people can see that those two things can be like symbiotic and really related and like kind of mixed up. And that's kind of how I see gender. It's like, it's kind of, it could be mixed up. Like you don't have to be one or the other. Like you could go either way or in the between and still get what you want out of life. So I think that's what people resist sort of is that, um, that freedom to, to identify how you want to. So one of the articles I read recently is I saw an article about a, a kid, high schooler, um, who was uh, suing his school district because there was a non-binary student who used they, them pronouns. And his school district was saying that he had to respect that. And he was refusing to based on religious grounds. Um, and so he was suing the school district. Um, I guess my question would be, you know, Corinne and Becky, you know, what would you say to him? Not necessarily to change his mind, but like, how would you address someone who was who was kind of resisting from that type of standpoint? Or would you? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is would I? I I struggle with um, kind of feeling like I represent everybody you know what I mean and that was kind of part of my nervousness about doing this podcast episode was that I I feel like I'm now spokespersoning being non-binary and I don't want to like represent because it's such a diverse community of people but yeah I guess I would respond by asking that the separation between church and state is honored in that scenario honestly because your job in a school, which is a government run facility, like, I don't feel like you have as much freedom because I didn't have freedom when I was in high school to like express what I wanted to, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like I could just say what I wanted to say in school, because if I did, my free speech was limited. So teachers should have their free speech limited just as much as students have it limited. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where I'm coming from on it, as opposed to like trying to change somebody's mind, because that's very difficult with this topic. Like, if you don't get it at all, because you don't know somebody who's non-binary, or you don't have something within yourself that you're like, yeah, that's kind of more male than female, and I'm female. Unless you can like identify with that, I think people struggle to accept it. So not that I think that people can't change their minds but I think that it's a lot like with being gay where people don't want to accept that for religious reasons and so how do you actually change their mind like I don't know I think we have like a tendency to want to impose whether intentional or not intentional our own personal beliefs on other people and how we feel like we want the whole world to be just like that because when it's not, we tend to point it out, you know? And so I guess like saying to someone, uh, like if I introduce myself and I say, my name is Corinne and I go by, and I shared a nickname or some other name, that person would call me by that name, right? They, they wouldn't, no one has that. I'm not going to call you that, <laughs> you know? So I would ask the person, so what would be the hesitancy in utilizing the the pronoun that I use and ask them to ask themselves that. And I don't necessarily, you know, it's not a matter of having someone share the same beliefs as me, but being educating themselves to understand that, you know, their point of view or opinion is, is not the only one and in a way to respect other people. 
I really like that, Karen. I, I never really thought of it that way personally, but yeah, you know, hi, I'm, I'm David Measle. I prefer to be called Dave, <laughs> you know, uh, even though I don't care between Dave or David, but, the, but it's an excellent point. You know, there are a lot of people who, yeah, you go by nicknames or go by shortened versions of what their full name is. And, and no one questions that, you know, we all just accept that and we're like, oh, okay, that's what he wants, he or she, or they want to be. Why would we question the, the pronouns that someone is telling us is what they go by. Yeah. I think that's how we educate people is asking them like why they would, you know, like, why would that be questioned? Where does that come from? Like the, the root of that. (laughs) Certainly. So something else about pronouns that I think is good to discuss is just how it relates to like name changes. Like I think that something I've considered to get my pronouns more respected would be to change my name to something that's not so gendered. And a lot of people do that. A lot of non-binary people are on Reddit asking for like name suggestions all the time with selfies. And like, I'm so tempted to do that. Um, But I have like a name in mind that I might change my name to. so that's something else like that's connected. Um, if people use your dead name all the time and don't use your real name, like your new name that you want, um, that's pretty much just as disrespectful as not using your pronouns. Yeah. And now if you, if you did change your name, Becky, would you be doing that because, because you want your name to align more with how you feel? so that it would be less gender specific, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've considered changing my name in the past for different reasons because I just don't think it like completely suits me. Um, Like I already go by a nickname because my name is Rebecca um, and I don't like that. Uh, So Yeah, I don't know if I like Becky either, especially the connotation that it has now. When I was a kid, it didn't really have until, um, what's that song called? I like big butts. Oh, it's a mix a lot, right? Yeah, it didn't have that connotation until then. And then it kind of grew after that point. Like it's in a lot of rap music. It's not a good term, like my name, so. That's also part of it that I feel like I I don't want my name sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. But the name that you have thought of for yourself, um, I think that it's interesting to think like um, when we think about who we are as a unique individual, as a person, um, if someone said like, what color do you like? And you're like, this color, like I... it resonates with me, you know, I feel attached to it. Like I feel connected with it. And so I feel like you're saying like, you don't feel connected with it, with your birth name <laughs> in a sense. And uh, it's interesting because like how people question stuff like that or, or question um, how to address someone or question someone's gender and whatnot. Um, it's, it's such a, it's like, why have why be so resistant to something when someone else will honor how you would like to be honored and how people feel connected. And I feel like in our world, it doesn't really give a lot of room for that. I think society dictates, dictates a lot of things for us where if you are not doing things in line with how the norms are, it's like not okay. Even like growing up in relation to like what type of music you listen to or how you dress, the way people talk about it and see it because it's different. They, they're not connected with that. They don't know that, but, but people want to be respected for what, what they want for themselves. So it goes two ways. <laughs> Great point, Karen. Um, I remember when I uh, when I first came out as being gay, um, 
you know, my friends had all kinds of questions for me and, and, you know, I, I answered them as openly and as best as possible. And, and I thought it was such a freeing moment in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, so I need to remember back and that was so long ago. It was, it was so many years ago, but I, I need to remember those moments and how that made me feel back in those times when I'm having discussions like this, um, you know, and, and accepting and, and respecting and trying to really educate myself and understand um, some of the, the things that are newer to me now, um, just like me being gay was new to my friends um, and they had questions. Uh, and, and so that's part of the reason I wanted to have this, uh, this podcast and wanted to have this uh, discussion because I, I'm, I am, there's a lot that I still need to learn. Um, and there's still a lot of room for growth for me. Uh, and, and hopefully other people will listen to this podcast and also uh, start to recognize room for, for growth for themselves as well. Um, I don't really have a question in there. I'm <laughs> just kind of talking. I think that's okay. What's that? I think that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to have thoughts on this, for sure. We want to hear them. Um, did you want to talk at all about the Dave Chappelle special? Sure. In this podcast? Okay. Because sure, I, I know, did watch it just so that I would be prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all timely topics. And, and this is, you know, this is certainly part of this conversation. Um, so yeah, Becky, go ahead. If you have some thoughts or, you know, if you want to lead that discussion a little bit, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Well, first I want to ask Corinne if Corinne saw it. No, no. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, so please I mean, tell me. Dave Chappelle in his special came out as a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, and basically said that trans women are not women. Um, and that the LGBTQ community was punching down on Black people. And those things, I can't say that I have, I'm not of the same authority or um, kind of prestige at all as Dave Chappelle. I, I respect his art. I think he's a great comedian. Um, I've always enjoyed his work, but I just worry that the division like that that causes um, is counterproductive. That's kind of more where I'm at with it. Like I, I respect that for art's sake, um, his opinions that he's presenting in a way that are um, comical, but very real. Um, it kind of lends itself to more division is kind of how I feel. So I just don't know if he would respect anyone's pronouns that aren't he, his, she, hers, um, in his life. I'm not sure, but I don't think that I'll be like reading an op-ed that he writes or anything like in the future about the, that stuff because I just felt very, um, it made me feel very small and like I was doing bad things by speaking up for myself basically. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like in one sense he might not be educated on the statistics of BIPOC transgender women who are murdered in one year, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> unfortunately, which is a very serious topic. Um, and it's how people receive information and their upbringing and the culture. And, you know, I, and so I find it important to like ask people, I said this before, like ask them why. Um, and I think that when someone is a, a social figure that their actions are, it's important the way that they present. And uh, unfortunately, I don't want to put all that pressure on them, but that's how it goes, you know, young children and people. And if I think that when people experience something, um, when it's personal, 
then things can can change a lot too. Um, and that can be in, in all senses. And if someone in his in his family came out, um, or maybe someone did, and maybe that's the way he's dealing with it. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's uh, definitely obviously a reflection of um, himself and not necessarily having the awareness of people around him and 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 what they go through and it in a sense how someone's actions can can contribute to violence and discrimination and stigma and all of that yeah i think that's where it got me it made me scared really yeah. for for our community um yeah because, I mean, we do face a lot of violence. And if I, sometimes I'll dress, like, how I want to dress, like, on the weekends and go out to, like, Walmart or something. And people look at me so weird. And, like, I've been called trash for wearing, like, a Black Lives Matter mask at Walmart. And What? Yeah. And, like, I get nervous um, for my safety, like, in my community. I've been bullied my whole life for not fitting into gender stereotypes. Um like that's generally, and what I would get accused of is being a butch lesbian. That's what I got all the time, but it has nothing to do with my sexuality. So that's where it, it's interesting. I don't know. I think a lot of people see those things as connected. And for me, my sexuality is so different than what other people think about that it's, it can't possibly be related to my gender. I don't think. I'm that's only attracted to people I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That took some education for, for me to understand um, for how people, um, I guess, in a lot of senses, too, not just how you're speaking, but I remember becoming friends with someone, a trans woman, and then when they started, like, I guess, uh, hormones, then they, you know, this shifting and changes and addressing people, but also, like, when someone stated that they were uh, a, they were a transgender woman that was a lesbian, I had a hard time understanding that. And I had come across that in, in my 20s a lot with a few people and I, I didn't understand. And it's because, because it's so embedded in my head, <laughs> you know, on how something's supposed to be connected. Like, a man and a woman are supposed to be together. You know, that's, I think that's why when I was younger, I thought, oh, I, I, I wanted to be a boy because of who I was, because the way I present myself, my characteristics and uh, people make the association um, with someone's gender and their sexual orientation, it's connected, especially they connect it like that when they're not, I think a lot of time they're not part of the community or in my sense where I was uneducated, you know, to, to understand and having to like ask questions. Yeah. And I got to say, I admire, uh, you can't see Corinne on the podcast, but I admire how Corinne dresses. I wish I could dress <laughs> like that. Um, oh. but I, I used to, um, but I don't anymore. And I really think it just has to do with fear. Like I'm just afraid to look too much like myself because when I do, people don't necessarily react in the most positive way. And I'm sure that you experience some of that with how you dress, like that people don't always respond the best because it doesn't fit what they're expecting to see. And I don't know, that's just, another issue entirely but that's definitely something i wanted to talk yeah. about yeah i mean I like when i was all of these topics are are interconnected and interrelated um you know and and it's sad that we live still live in a time where becky you don't feel like you can express yourself the way that you want to or you know express who you really are because of fear like no one should be in that position no, but when you've had people like, like literally throw things at you and spit on you and yeah. say things that are just so hurtful and like scream them at you, it makes it so much harder to wear a tie and get my hair cut the way I want to. And do you know what I mean? Like, and not wear makeup sometimes. And like, it's just... 
I think of those things and it makes me not want to do those things. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I got, I was always like a little different when I was younger, I would get teased a little bit because I didn't want to look like everyone else. And um, like when I wear t-shirts and stuff, I also, I often don't wear things that have like a lot of, I don't wear things that have like name brand, maybe some sweatshirts, but most of my clothes there, you wouldn't tell, you couldn't tell what I was wearing. Um, but it took, it took a long time to get comfortable um, with, with that. Or, or maybe being so tired, I think that, you know, like for coming out, like when I was younger, I came out because I was so tired of pretending to be something that I wasn't and like dresses in certain aspects that it was not me, but I had, I felt like I was having to do it. So people would not think I was gay when I knew I was like, it was weird. And some of the things that you're talking about, Becky, I think relate to the physical environment you're in. Uh, when I lived in, in Northeastern Pennsylvania, I would go into the bathroom and I would get a lot of stares um, or just walking around a supermarket, the way that people would look at me, just look at me because they weren't sure of my gender, I feel like. Um, and here, like I'm back home in Philadelphia, <laughs> it's like no one cares, <laughs> you know, for the most part, like I don't get looked at. And that's something I've always felt really comfortable with. Um in being, being back home is no one's really, they don't really care because there's so much diversity, um, and culture here. And there's a lot more room for that. And, and I think that where, where you live, it definitely can reflect about your feelings of comfort and safety and, and, uh, you should come visit and hang out and dress whatever way you want. Thank you. I want you to be comfortable. I want everybody to be comfortable to be who they are. That's an excellent point, though, that, that there is a, a wide variance between acceptance based on where you live. Yeah. Um, I'm in Lancaster County, uh, but I remember I, I went out and I visited some friends um, in Seattle. And, uh, you know, gay couple. Um, my friends, they're walking around holding hands, like total public shows of affection. You know, it, it, no one, no one, you know, gave them a second look. Didn't matter. I was like, oh, my God, if I tried to do this in Lancaster County, it wouldn't work. Um, you know, but that is interesting uh, is how different uh, geographically uh, the attitudes are. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's one school district away would be safer but where I really? live is not yeah it's literally my school district I think um I mean I I faced a lot of direct discrimination in high school because I was the vice president of gay straight alliance and we were told like we couldn't like advertise our club because we were recruiting people to be gay um and like they were required to have that program and they fired my advisor um, for like very shady reasons uh, because of being involved in that, I believe is my theory. Um, so I just, I, and there was even somebody who sued the school for expelling them for being gay while I was there. So I, it was definitely very clear from the administration's perspective that gay people were not welcome at my school, um, let alone anybody who would be trans or otherwise uh, different in that way. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, I, I probably have a different perspective just because of literally the high school that I went to. <laughs> but, but even the fact that there was a gay straight alliance uh, shows some progress because right. when I was in high school, there was no such thing. Right? None of that, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't want to say we've gotten off topic, but we started on the topic of, uh, of, uh, of pronouns. Um, and as I said, these are all interrelated and inter interconnected, but, uh, you know, I, I shared, I'm a member of the LGBT community. Um, you know, and this will show kind of 
the the idea that you know while they are interconnected there's there's they don't necessarily go hand in hand because even as a member of the lgbt community i struggle with and i as i've shared earlier i struggle with the uh the concept of of different pronouns um and a lot of that is again because of how i was raised and what i was taught um but you know just kind of how i grew up as well um but I, you know, I, I think uh, I think people might get the idea that uh, that the LGBT plus community is is kind of this kind of like Becky, you said you don't want to be the spokesperson for non-binary individuals. There's a lot of diversity and a lot of uh, of, uh, of different ideas and, and acceptance even within the LGBT community of, of these different ideas and different concepts, um, you know, and I, I think that's interesting. Um, Again, I I don't know that I have a question here. I'm just kind of. Well, I think, oh, I, think I brought it back to the point. <laughs> yeah, like it's important, like in like, I, I don't want to dismiss what other people go through and struggle with um, in regards to, to being recognized by their pronoun. Um, and, and like I said, I, I do feel privileged in a sense that I, I don't really feel necessarily so connected or that I am indifferent about it. Um, but that's just for myself. You know, I definitely an advocate for people to be recognized for who they are. And just because it's not my personal fight, it doesn't mean I won't fight for that in a sense and advocate. And I think that's, what's important too, especially in relationship to, um, working as a peer, you're going to come across all different types of people. I've worked with so many different people and I, I didn't, I never wanted to um, say, I'm not going to work with this person, but I've heard that from people, you know? Um, and I respect that someone feels like they have to remove their self. You know, it's, 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 that's for everyone's benefit, but I've always felt like it to be open has really educated me, especially in areas that I didn't have a lot of knowledge in. And so I think that it's important for people to make room for that. Um, when we feel against something or we have a challenging time with it, um, and to be able to have a better understanding through other people's experiences and not just our own is important. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and thank you for kind of bringing up the peer perspective as well. Yeah. Uh, that's really important. Uh, just a quick question for Becky on that. Uh, did you, were you challenged in, in when you were doing direct service as a peer, uh, peer provider, uh, did you face any challenges with your pronouns at that time? I did in that. Or there were people that worked with me who only wanted to work with a woman. And I found that upsetting <laughs> because I don't identify as a woman. So, but at the time I didn't, I wasn't open about that. So yeah. I, I can say that it wasn't offensive because you can't be offended if you don't let people know. Um, but it made me uncomfortable because I was like, I don't think I fit what you're looking for um in a way so it's it's hard because I, I most of my friends have always been guys like I'm very um kind of mixed in my friendships now like I have a lot of guy friends and a lot of girlfriends and even people who are trans or non-binary um so I don't necessarily come down one way or the other on that I guess Okay. The time always goes by faster than, uh, than it seems, or it, it's, it always seems to go by faster than it actually is. At any rate, we are kind of approaching the end of our time together. Um, so I certainly want to give Corinne a chance to, to share any final thoughts that, uh, that you have. I guess mostly I would like for people who might have a hard time with this subject or maybe, or even against it, you know, um, in acknowledging people for who they are is to kind of, like I said before, like kind of ask yourself like where that comes from and, and 
asking ourselves like how we form opinions and whatnot. I don't think that we ever uh, support the education of something by forcing someone or th throwing things at them, um, but by by through conversations. I think that's very important to have. I learn something all the time, you know, by just opening my ears. Thank you, Becky. That's beautiful. It was really well said. Um, I, I guess for me, like what I'm hoping to get across by doing this episode is that there is such a variety of what people prefer or what people are really um, in our society now. And I want people to explore that, like definitely take a look at some literature on uh the community if you are not familiar and try to um, put yourself in spaces where there's people unlike you who might uh, identify differently and get to know them and understand that we're just people you know we're not <laughs> we're not unicorns or anything we're just people <laughs> <laughs> so treat us as such I guess yeah and uh, just by some of my final thoughts, uh, one, first of all, thank you so much, Corinne, for taking some time out of your day. I know you're very busy and, and we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with us and to kind of be part of this discussion. Um, language is powerful. Uh, I know I'm not being, you know, saying anything that hasn't been said before by saying that, but language is powerful. I think sometimes people get... Uh, frustrated or annoyed with the argue argument of semantics and it's like well it's just words what's it matter you know and it does matter especially to the to you know the people involved um i i have never personally been opposed to using the language that that people ask me to use it's more uh just me getting used to doing it um and, you know, and that's on me to learn that and to get into the habit of doing it uh, and using the proper pronouns and the proper language and, and respecting the individual uh, enough to make sure that I do that. But there are certainly people out there who resist the idea of using uh, pronouns or using language that might be different from what they're used to using. And I thought what you said, Corinne, was so eloquent that, uh, that yeah, forcing people has never fixed anything or changed anyone's mind. You can't change someone's mind by forcing them or by, you know, getting in their face and saying, you better do this. You know, I, I agree with you. I think conversations need to be had. Um, and I, I thought some of the perspective you shared was really uh, quite powerful um, in, in how you can present some of these ideas. So for the people who are listening to this podcast, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, this is just the beginning of a conversation, really. Uh, this is a huge topic. And uh, as evidenced by just, you know, the, the hour that we've been together, uh, it can branch off in many different directions as well. Um, but uh, on behalf of the Pennsylvania Peer Support Coalition, thanks for listening to our podcast. Um, of course, I do have to say that, you know, the opinions that were shared in this podcast uh, don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the coalition itself. Uh, they are our opinions um, and our thoughts, uh, but uh, I, I hope to continue this conversation in future podcasts and, you know, maybe Corinne, you can come back and, and be a guest with us again in the future. Um, sure, absolutely. Thank, thank you, thank everyone. You. Thanks. Thank you.